You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, OJ, Juice, man, this is strictly for them true fans, golf fans, number one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, welcome back to the fish tank right here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, Seth Levitt and the toughest podcaster Dan Marino ever played with, and Dan friggin' Marino, Yeah, we made it, Juice. OJ, man, he's the man, he's the man. Man, no, Danny's the man, you know that big Seth, but you know what though? I always say this all the time, man. Danny never put me in tough positions out there on the football field. So I can be as tough as I wanted to be, but he always he always took care of me when he threw me rocks. That's for sure. Most Except for one time. Always, yeah. <laughs> one I'm time. sure there was a couple times, man. <laughs> Every I'm now sure, and then. I'm sure there was definitely a couple times, but I tried to do that. Yeah. I tried as much as I could, you know. Look but, out for guys. Yeah. I love it. So there's so much to talk about. It was kind of hard to say, okay, how do we take Dan Marino's career and, and compress it to do this interview? But before we get into any of that, yeah. My partner here has been telling a story for five years since we started the fish tank. Literally on the first episode, he told this story. I need to know if you're I don't even know shit. where you're going here. So well, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Like, it's okay. We'll, we'll yeah, catch yeah. up. But I, I need yeah. some validation. So he claims in his rookie year, 1993, a rumor starts to go around the locker room that he can throw the ball 70 yards. Mm-hmm. And you need to find out. And so you approach him. You're like, bro, I don't think you can do it. And you, and you guys place a wager and make him go out to the field. And he did it. And he did it. So yeah. this is true. Throw a lot further than I could. But I mean, the, uh, but the only to... difference is this. OJ, you got to admit, I could hit what I'm throwing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm just throwing for distance. But I couldn't know? throw <laughs> So he did No, it. no, it's amazing. Like, I mean, there was other guys, too. There were certain guys. Like, I mean, like, remember Charles Jordan? Oh, like, yeah. he could throw it a long way, too. Yeah, but not like OJ. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just. So you, but did you not think he could do it, and then or no, you just wanted to see it? I want to see it. Okay. No, I, I look. If you're working with guys that are like at the level of OJ and the other guys we were around at that time, yeah. If they say they could do it, usually they can. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So right. Like, right. I just wanted to see it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate the thousand dollars I won on that. Bet. <laughs> there we go, brother. <laughs> the, gam- the gambling <laughs> part was easy back then, man. <laughs> So good. You know, Danny, man, I, I knew right away, man, that you had this confident, that you were a confident person, one of the most confident people I'd ever been around. And that was fun. In fact, you know, your confidence is, is legendary. It's important to, for people to know that. We actually just had Scott Mitchell on, and Scott Mitchell okay. was talking about He was on? Okay. Yeah. yeah. When he came on, he was talking about <laughs> there was these three, three rules that, you know, that, that Danny Marino told him about when he was a rookie. One, we always know, we always talk about, you know, pick a guy and let it fly. Yep. Uh, that was always something that we all we talk about, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But where he got us was one of the rules he said was, and he said when you were born and you don't know this because you weren't born yet, um, <laughs> you told Scott Mitchell, your mom cried all day because you weren't Dan Marino. Wait a second. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, and, uh, no. You got a whole catalog of things. Oh, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You got but, some one-liners now. Um, no, I, I, I know this is, it sounds messed up, but I used to do Duper and Clayton the same way. Like I used to say, like, yeah. you know, your mother wanted you 
to grow up to be just like me. Right. right. <laughs> just for, you know, for shits and giggles and fun. You know what I mean? So that, I mean, it's, it's over the top arrogant yeah. a little bit, but I mean, but you know, we were having up. fun. Yeah, you, but you back yeah, it up yeah. too, man. You know what else? What I used yeah. to love, Big Seth, when he used Because say, that's inside stuff, you know, you're exactly. talking, you know, at the time. Yeah, but now, now, it, doesn't, they, now it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter right. now. Yeah. yeah. It's far from inside right now, I yeah. think, at this point. I used to love when you say, you know, I treat DBs like credit cards. I pull them out and use them whenever I want to. Yeah. That was, that was my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I, I, yeah. With Sam, you know, who's coaching there, Sam, who I love, he's awesome, right? I tell him all the time, we used to, yeah, I used to say, dude, I just use you like a credit card if I want. <laughs> just, just swipe it and keep going. That's it. Oh, yeah, so we're, yeah. So there was all those things that we're, you know. Where do you, where do you come stories, up with these things, man? Like, just... It just hits my head in the middle of the night. <laughs> the just thinking about it. I told you my favorite. So, <laughs> okay. 1996 is my internship here. And this is back when, you know, they didn't have the tablets or whatever. So we would do the headshots, right? And Harvey sure. sent me down there. And sure. everybody has to approve their headshot. Dave Cross would take three pictures. And everybody would look at I don't like this one. I don't like the way I look. I hand it to you. And you take a look. You're sitting in the training room. You're like, it don't matter, bro. I don't take a bad picture. Mm. <laughs> well, that's the fun part. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. And the whole training room was like, yeah. damn. That's fun. That's so fun good. stuff, though. You know, it's just like you get to a point. You, have, you, you know, you're in the locker room. You're in the training room. It's okay to kind of love it. Have that, you know, camaraderie with your teammates and the people you work with, which makes it really cool. Yeah, yeah. Danny, where's that confidence come time. from, man? Where's that? I, I love it, man. Where's that confidence come uh, from? You know, I think it's just something like you would know this, and a lot of you know great players would know. It just comes over time, and and your ability to. Um, perform at a high level and how you want to perform and and then you just trust yourself and you trust the people around you and it's just something that's that's there you know that's going to be there you know for as long as you want yeah well yeah. i know we always had a lot of confidence. No, we had yeah we yeah, had a lot we of confidence won. we got one three one trade at quarterback man it was confident. a lot of confidence in that locker room and that oj i mean look i depended on you so much for so many years like just that third down or going in the middle, doing all that stuff. And it would be pretty much, I'll be called playing like, OJ, just make sure you're open. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I'm throwing I love the ball it, to you. Because <laughs> it's third and 15 or it's third and 12, whatever. I know I could count on this count guy. On this we had a right certain here. coach that was mad about him throwing the ball to me too much. We won't go there. I'll talk about him too if you want. I don't we'll care. get there. We won't get bogged down yet. I'm going to go. So we just talked about Juice's rookie year. I'm going to go back to your rookie year. Okay, yeah. so 1983, expected to be drafted higher. Speaking of those confident things, I love the interview where you're like, guess I'll go down to Miami work on my tan, you know, yeah, what I mean, you did yeah. a great job. Well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but how quickly, right, so you get out there, you hear everybody who was on the team at that time, they're like, yo, as soon as he started throwing the ball, we knew this was something different. How quickly did you know, I, I, again, you're a confident guy, but how yeah. quickly did you get out there and start to say, oh, I, I got this? You know, so it's uh, it's crazy. It's like anything. Like when you go from high school, you're in high school, and you're playing those guys. Like, okay, I, I got this. And then you go to college, yeah. and it's kind of the same way. And then I, you know, when I the mini camp, I got to the mini camp. You know, and then we had Clayton who came in. He was drafted that year too, yep. and Duper was there, and, and all the guys. You know, Tony Nathan, Cephalo, Nat Moore, all of them. And then I was like, you know what, I I got a chance to be the starter here pretty quick you know and uh i just felt it and it was like the first minicamp 
and it was one of those things that you know you're out there and you're thrown and you have a you have a uh, communication just the uh, instincts all that stuff with with the guys with the receivers and it was pretty natural pretty quick wow you know so that that's what kind of made me feel like I was going to be able to play early yeah yeah and well yeah thank <laughs> you <laughs> Danny, can you. you talk about your relationship with Coach Shula? I mean, he put his trust in you at a very early age. Mm -hmm. We're talking about that right now. Um, you guys developed something really, really special together. And most of the time, Coach Shula was intimidating everybody. But you guys seem like you guys could, you know, really go at each other or talk about each talk to each other, you know, with a, a maturity, but a confidence also that I, I was afraid to approach him. But you like you guys had such a great relationship, man. And where he intimidated yeah. most other people. Well, first, I mean, first of all, when you're, you know, the head coach is in your meeting rooms and quarterback room and all that all the time, I spent a lot of time mm. with Coach Shula. Like, we really did. We spent a lot of time watching film, talking about games, all those kind of things. And he just uh, – I remember him telling me when I came in when I was a rookie, like, I want – he gave me the, the playbook. You know, we came down in our mini camp and all that stuff, gave yeah. me the playbook. He said, go home. I want you to come back. He said, I want you to come back thinking that you're going to be the starter, right? And I want you to work as if you're going to be, you know, and that just got me all pumped up. So he knows, you know, he knew how to, like, push the right buttons right, and, yeah. and do that. And, and you know that, too. Like, he – and he always had a way of uh, – like in practice, if practice is just going okay, like he would just say a little comment to me, like, man, that was a shitty throw or something, <laughs> right? Like, and it I just, it. I'm like, what? Oh, You're telling me it. that? I mean, come on. Oh, and I, I just it. boost everything, went to the next level, man. Let's go. You know, and that's that's kind of, he had that knack that he was really, really good at that with all all the players. But he always, uh, you know, I, I, I feel good about, he, he trusted me. It, and then also, I mean, give credit to Don Strock. Yeah. You guys, you know, everybody knows Don Strock, and he he was like my coach, like he was my quarterback coach when I first came in. He was eleven Love years that. in the league. We didn't have a quarterback coach. Now then there's twenty some coaches, <laughs> twenty some coaches. I think we had like set eight, yeah, nine, maybe crazy. maybe nine coaches. And uh, he was uh, he was amazing too to to help me, you know, just dealing with Coach Shula too, and all that is at a young age. Yeah. You know, so it's so strange because it seemed like Coach Shula changed from the 70s to the 80s, and then, of oh, course, yeah. into the 90s. You had him in the 80s and the 90s. It seemed like everybody talks about he's a different coach in the different decades. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you had those 80s. What were those 80s like compared to the 90s when it came to coach? Well, I think he, uh, like, he saw right away the talent that he had after the Super Bowl that they had lost to the Redskins. And then, they, you know, I got drafted. Clayton got drafted. Some of the other guys that played for a long time on the team and I think he saw the talent and how the league was going and how it's not going to be just like run first all the time and you know uh you know empty backfields and all that we were doing that stuff back in like day when no one was doing it uh so yeah yeah so it was like uh he just just committed to it because he knew the talent he had and that's the best thing about him is just adjusting to the talent that you have, you know, and in the nineties, it was kind of the same way. Right. I mean, it was, you know, we were, we were rolling, man. The guys we had, you know, with Keith Jackson, yourself and, and yeah, Irving and, Terry Kirby and, and, and Mark Ingram. And we were just, yeah, yeah, we were rolling. 
who I, I remember going five wide all the time. Right. We, we did that time. Yeah. And no one does that now. We were, right. No, just five wide receivers in the game. Yeah. Empty backfield. Let's go. Keep keep the backs on the sidelines. I'll just give me all that. It happened. Juice then, said no. there should be 50 something wide outs yeah, exactly. on the Exactly. 53 man roster, all wide outs. That's what I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> you got room for a Gamarino on the okay. throw. Okay. We'll 52. Throw it every down, man. I love every it. Time. Oh, that's so good. Unless so, you got to take a knee. <laughs> that's the only time. So I, I promise we're not going to go one year at a time and keep you here all day, but I have to talk about 1984. Okay. Okay. The things you guys did yeah. had never been seen before. And, and when you go back and look at it, 48 touchdowns, 5,084 yards, you would be MVP today with those numbers. With all that's the rule true. changes, the extra game, that's all they would be talking about. It was, it was like watching a video game in a lot of ways. And yeah. it was just, you know, they talk about the Lakers and Showtime. That's who you guys were on the football field, in my opinion. My question is, when you're in the middle of all that, was there ever a moment where you were like, man, we're, we're doing something really special? Like, could you understand yeah. the magnitude of what you were doing, or were you just too in the moment and, and too young to have that perspective? Seth, to be honest with you, we, we were just rolling, right? We didn't – we weren't thinking about, oh, we're going to break records, right. we're going to do all this. It was all about winning football games, and that's what our team was about. And Coach Shula was about that. And the thing is, is – you know, towards the end of the season, we had to win some games and we were just, you know, and it just happened to kick in. It was one of those things that yeah. I didn't think about 48 touchdowns. Now, I knew about the 36. Right. Right, because break the record and that's part of, yeah, you like know, everybody's right. talking about it. Harvey right. Green's talking about it every week. <laughs> it's your boy Harvey. Oh, my He's boy. coming up with me with all the stats. I'm like, Harvey, yeah. don't worry, but we're just trying to win, man. And uh, that, that, uh, that year was really special and if you think about the end you know mark clayton needed three touchdowns in the dallas cowboys games on monday night football yeah to break the touchdown single season touchdown right. record not thinking about it like we're just playing because we have to win that game to keep home field advantage mm. right so it ended up that he, he caught three touchdowns <laughs> and the one was at the end where he caught it like an 80 yarder it was with two minutes left he wow. hit a we hit a square and we call it now or whatever they call it now, but a square in and he just split the safeties and scored and and then you know didn't know about the five thousand yards. I mean, I, I remember Harvey saying that that earlier in that week. Yeah, he said, you know, if you get over three hundred something, whatever it was, that you're gonna throw for five thousand. Sure. Didn't know about it until after the game. He goes, oh, you threw for. 380 something and you've got 5,000 yards. Well, all right, we won too. So right, that's, right, right, you know, right, right. that's, that's, you know, that's what made it really cool. Yeah. You know, and not to go too off script here, Juice, but hearing you say Harvey saying that as a PR person, I wonder like how much of that is like, yo, just Harvey. don't, don't, don't get in my head with that. Let me just go out and play. Okay, how yeah. much do you want to know? <laughs> what, what? Uh, you know what? Um, it's okay to know. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with okay. that. As long as you keep in perspective and Juice knows this is, it's about winning the football game. Right. I mean, no matter what, I mean, it's like you could throw for 150 yards. If you win, then that's fine. Right. You know? I mean, it's. But uh, if you throw for 380 and break an all-time record, it's okay, too. That's okay, too. <laughs> if it happens naturally, which it did, like it yeah. wasn't. And then, and I, I, you know, I tell people all the time, and if you talk to our guys, our receivers from that time, they will tell you that, like, nowadays, they don't take guys out of the game. So mm. they're still throwing the ball. And they would take us out of the game, and and we could have put up even 
bigger numbers, I think. Tell them who hits yeah. you up every week. Duke, man. You know Duke. Oh, Duke. Duke. How many targets does Tyreek have? He targets all the time. And he gets me too, man. He's like, he says, dude, you only give me five targets in a game. Or six targets. Like, they're throwing them 13 balls. They're throwing them 12 balls. I'm like, okay. I mean, dude, go back and play. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know what oh, to tell so you. Good. You know, that season, Dan, you guys, you I mean, put the league on notice, man. And, you know, right to center yeah. was, you know, Mark Clayton and, and Mark Duper. And, you know, these guys are always, you guys always go back and forth with, you know, the, the Marks brothers always say, well, we made Dan Marino. And then Dan sure, Marino sure. says, I made the Marks brother, yeah. you know. Who who made who, Danny? I mean, it's, 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 that's, that's, that's a question being asked all so the time. So this is like just old guys now, yeah. you know, talking junk. Man, that's where we're talking junk on each other. But, you know, it. I was blessed to have those two. Mm. And Jimmy Cephalo, Nat Moore, Nat especially, he's like the godfather. Nat, like he taught those guys actually basically how to play the yeah. position, yeah. wide receiver, run routes, you know, all the things that you need to know when you come in as a young guy. And, and, uh, so I, I I'm gonna tell them I'm gonna tell yeah right here like I made them right. there's no doubt right. and I don't care what they say oh man oh, they, I love but it. I love them to death forever and we were yeah it was uh, that, that was, was so good uh, yeah <laughs> those guys were special man yeah they could roll like when no one was doing that stuff they were doing it really special they're they're very special man how are they not in the Hall of Fame I don't know yeah are they. You know, Clayton had more catches than Duper, more touchdowns, and and now you tell you can't, he was a little more versatile because he'd play inside, outside, mm -hmm. and Duke kind of lined up at X most of the time. And that was just it. But you know, the numbers are so different now that you know, cats are catch like a, a thousand catches is like it's like norm. Yeah. You know, for if you have a decent career like in the league. Yeah. So and that's what they. You know, nowadays they look at all that stuff. And yeah. those guys had over 500 catches, but still, same time. But the touch, like, yeah. especially with Clayton, the, the number of catches compared to the number of touchdowns. touchdowns. The it's crazy. It's it like seven? It, it, maybe less. It's it could insane. be less. Yeah. And, and the thing that gets me is, I'd have to look it up. I don't know that there's another quarterback in the Hall of Fame that never threw a touchdown pass to a Hall of Fame teammate. I don't know oh, that there's a yeah. I don't know. And, and I mean, I, so I, actually, it's interesting you brought that because I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. but so that does tell like, well, what do you mean? All these other guys, there's receivers who are going in. It's like, why are they penalized because you were great? Right. They were also, you know, and Clayton. Well, in they particular. shouldn't be penalized. I mean, right? Look at I. I love them both, and they both to me should be there. But the way the world is now, and yeah. it's just yeah. you know, and Mark, Mark should be in the Hall of Fame. He should. Yeah. Richmond Webb should yeah, be another example. Richmond Webb soon should be someone that gets put in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And Danny, when yeah. I think back to, to my rookie year, man, I didn't I didn't know where I was going. Being a kid from Cleveland, I didn't know where I was going to go. But when I got drafted by the Dolphins, I was like, shit, yeah, I got I got Dan Marino, man. You know, that was <laughs> oh, that was huge, man. Real talk. I said yeah. I always talk about. Came from you know, Penn State. He blocked yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I always said I wanted to go close to home, you know, Cleveland. I'm from Ohio area. You know, I went to school in Pennsylvania, you know, Pitt, Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania or uh, Philadelphia or go warm. And yeah. I got warm. I got Dan Marino. I got Don Shula, you know, yeah. so that was that was really, really awesome for me, man. And so we even go back and play in Cleveland my rookie year and the unthinkable happens. Yeah. I think you know what we're talking about. And I saw Achilles, how hard Achilles. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I saw how hard you, you work, man off the field, you know, and on the field. 
And I know because in, in Cleveland Stadium, I mean, I obviously grew up there. The locker room was bad. Oh, we had to, I think we had to get drafted shifts. Oh, you I know, know, offense go first. And well, you had to share second. lockers, too. Yeah, exactly. Like two players Which would share one locker. You know that. No, exactly. oh, no I want to. You're, you're a two-locker guy. I you're was two-locker guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know what you need to put in the other one. Right, right, right. right. But then, but you know, I did see how hard you came back and how hard you worked after that, after your, your, yeah. your injury. But then there was a lot of people. I mean, you think about it, man. There were a lot of stuff, a lot of rumors going around about, you know, where they can come back and be the same Dan Marino that he once was. The media was talking about it. The league was talking about it. Sure. You know, did the outside noise ever get under your skin at all about that stuff, man? And did you ever feel like... Well, you hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you definitely hear it, like everybody does. I mean, it's normal. Like, any any player would hear that. And I didn't know, to be honest with you, I didn't know I was... Because that camp... That summer camp, I mean, it wasn't good. Like, I was worried about how my ankle was going to come back, the Achilles, the whole thing. I remember having to take shots because I was getting pain in the front of my ankle. And then they end up going in and shaving it because mm. it was too loose. Right. You know, it was too loose. And we we went through a lot of stuff. And in the uh, preseason, wasn't that good. It really wasn't. And then we played that first game against New England, and then lights come on, and we lit them up. <laughs> so let me ask you, go back <laughs> to say the least. It's up. like, did, did, did you know, it just up? is one of those things. It's like, yeah, bam, it was perfect. Let's talk about that uh, season opener in 94. We're actually doing kind of a real deep dive into that game. And so with all of the doubt and the things you're going Wait, through. And now you're doing deep dive or you're doing, well, just it, for this? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got, I got you, Seth. Touche. So, um, but uh, with, with that, that game, all the things that were going on surrounding that game, you know, and, and everything you just talked about, the doubt, the injuries and trying to figure out, and I, can I get up on my toes and, and all of those things. I know what kind of a competitor you are. Was that more than just one game? Is that more than, you know, every game counts. I know you want to win every game, but was there more? Was there a heavier emphasis as you were heading to that game? Did you feel like you had something to prove? That's a good question. Uh, yes, to myself mostly, mm. you know, and to my teammates who – you know, we all work together. We love each other, all that thing. And so, yeah, to prove that I'm going to be able to play at a high level and all that. Yeah, I, I was definitely thinking about that. It worked out that, uh, you know, we won late and threw for a lot of yards and yeah. touched down on fourth and 10, I think it was. And, yeah, pretty yeah. cool. You know, Danny, we have to talk a little bit about this current Miami Dolphins team. I mean, you sit in some meetings, definitely sit in some quarterback meetings. I mean, you're out at practice. You're around every day, which I which I love, man. How much do you Almost enjoy? every day. Well, no, no, no. I get it. I get it. You got, well, you got. Don't give anybody any ideas. Too, you, know? you, got, you still got to be Dan Marino some other places, too. I get it, man. How much do you enjoy, you know, staying connected to football and, and to the Dolphins in the way that you are right now? Yeah, I, I enjoy it a lot, actually, you know, to be around uh, – you know, the team, being around the players, the coaches, all of it, you know, Steve Ross, our owner, Tom Garfinkel, you know, everybody, Chris Greer, our guys. I mean, I just enjoy being around all of them and being a part of something, you know, that I think is could be very special, yeah. right? And and that's what we, we're here for, right. right? I mean, that's, what, that's why we're here because uh, you want to see everybody do well and you want to see the team do well and – all the fans, I'm a fan, you know, also I'm, you know, around a lot, but I'm still a fan. Yeah. So I want them to do well. So, I mean, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And what about Tua? What's, what's your relationship 
like with, very with, with good. Tua. Yeah, Tua is you know, very good. What what about him and him him personally, and what about his game? What what stands out to you about him? I think he's really competitive. He he understands the game very well, and his abilities are you know his instincts are there. Like that, you could tell instincts as far as reading the coverages, throwing the ball, getting the ball out on time, all that stuff. So he he's been great, man. I I, I think that uh, we just got to. You know, we had a tough one this last week, but, you know, you just keep going and you go from there. And, and we've done a lot of great things so far this year and in the past years. And and uh, I, I think we have a chance. We have a real chance. You know, Danny, I know you're a Pittsburgh guy through and through. Rootsy, they run yeah, yeah. deep. Pitt, I Pitt even Penn go, State. I wouldn't even go to Pitt, Penn State. No, that's go okay. Here we go. go Here we go. I always, I always joke with people. You're I my say, favorite Penn State person <laughs> ever. <laughs> don't tell Cephalo that. No, don't I think we need to tell Oh, yeah, you know what? Okay. Oh. So you and Jimmy, I'm right. sorry. <laughs> no, man. Jimmy, I'm sorry, Jimmy, if you're watching. Man, I'm always telling people, I said, man, Danny wouldn't throw me the ball at first, man. It was this Pitt, Penn State thing. We couldn't get over it. Couldn't get over the hump. I know. No, I joke about it. We have fun with it, man. But you, you've been to South Florida most of your adult life, man. What does this community mean to you? Yeah, you know, you know, well, you know, first of all, just coming here as a young person, 21 years old, Coach Shula, the Dolphins, being the rookie quarterback, all that was amazing. But just getting to learn the community, you know, and learn from someone like Coach Shula, the example that he gave all of us, uh, the players, like you mentioned, Jimmy Cephalo, Don Strzok, all those guys, Nat Moore, the, the 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 community service and doing things, and and I I've been blessed because I've had so many friends here that have helped me in so many ways with our foundation. You know, we do things for autism, you know, kids with the developmental disabilities, and and that's been something that we have been blessed with for over thirty some years raised a ton of money and it's because of the people that you meet in the community and all that and that's uh, it's it's been exceptional for me love that yeah, yeah. I, I, I you know fans love to hear well, you, yeah well yeah it's true i mean it's yeah. like i mean it's this it's, you're part of it but that's the thing like it's one thing to see a guy and he throws a bunch of touchdowns and everything but then when you feel like he's he's part of your own community and, and it's a big yeah. deal it's a big deal to people well i'm not going anywhere so yeah that's, right. <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's, that's, that's good to know i say that all the time man. from ohio i'm mm-hmm. never going back oh, wow i won't say never you know, on a vacation I go there. I went there Two for Thanksgiving. Days. I came back real quick. Right. And uh, yeah, right. <laughs> make sure that that's a round trip. Right. So uh, we're going to get you out of here in just a second uh, yeah. uh, from my deep dive. But um, okay. uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this because this team's about to, to face the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of great memories, a lot of great battles against that team. But there's one that I'm sure you've talked about a million times. We even had the chance to watch that game. Remember during the COVID year, we watched the game with you. It's the oh, clock Oh, yeah, play. yeah, we did. The, yeah. The, the fake spike, the clock play, whatever you want to call it. Again, do you think about that? Like every time the Jets are coming into town or that we're facing the Jets, is it brought to your attention? Do you think about that? I, I, mean, I that? get reminded. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the word, right? Yeah. Reminded about it a lot from just fans in general and just the fact that, you know, it comes up because of, what it was like it was you know it was it was pretty cool when it right. happened and uh no one's really done that since then they've um, tried yeah they've tried yeah, yeah. i love so, the interview you did with peyton where he his his attempt at doing the fake spike peyton manning oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> didn't work out as well as yours no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> but uh you know that was that was a, a special day because you know we sent the jet fans home right and first and foremost yeah yeah we won that game Give Bernie Kozar a lot of credit because that was kind of his idea yeah. from the beginning. We would practice it. 
all the time. I mean, for like a year and a half, yeah. we practiced that thing. We ever wondered, like, what the hell am I doing this for? <laughs> no, I could see. You that, knew that it you had could potential. see that it could. You know, I saw it. it could, that could happen in the right situation, and it was. And 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 Bernie was the one that brought that from. Well, he went to he was from Cleveland, but then he went to Dallas for a year. Right. And they won that Super Bowl, and then he came over here. He said he pitched it. He was on the show, and he said he pitched it to every coach he ever. And finally, somebody yeah, was like, yeah. yeah, this actually could work. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. He said, my idea, and thankfully, Dan Marino's elite skills. <laughs> right. That's exactly. <laughs> I look, I give Bernie credit, but I threw it. That's right. That's, that's exactly right. He may not have been able to pull it off. Oh, so that's good. Funny. That's so funny. Good. That's funny. Well, Danny, we end every episode of this podcast with the fish tank two-minute drill okay over the course of your story career you had 37 fourth quarter comebacks so i i think juice i'm expecting the best two-minute drill we've ever had here i mean who can run a two-minute drill like dan marino danny and danny never won no kicker ever no we're not kicking in we're not kicking we're going to score we're going to score a touchdown unless we have to kick (laughs) (laughs) we don't start off with that so mike's gonna put two minutes up on the clock here you want any timeouts because if you need them you got them no no, it doesn't need timeouts. Time right, we're just going to go with this thing. All right, so here's we're going to start it with just some quick short routes to move the sticks. We're going to call this word association. I just need one word responses to the names that I throw out to you. We got to start with Don Shula. Okay. One word. One word. Don right. Shula. Tough. Mark Clayton. Badass. Mark Duper. He's a badass too. <laughs> Bruce Smith. He's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> In the wrong kind of way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, hearing all that. I love Bruce, but and he used to take care of me a little bit, you know. I yeah, mean, yeah. He actually, actually he actually hit me and actually picked me up. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think he did that for many people. No. That's no, pretty good. No, and that's that's not one word. No, it's not, but that's all right. OJ McDuffie. Tough as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Badass too. Joe Rose, I appreciate that. Oh, he's. I want to get away. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I know I was going to, man. I can't. Badass too, man. Joe Rose, uh, soft. (laughs) Just leave it at that. Soft as a tissue coming out of the. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh, this is so good. All right, we're going to open up the offense a little bit. The clock is still running. All right, all right. Use a quick release, but your answers can be more than more one word here. All right, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. We know how you made Jim Carrey's uh, career on that movie. A $100 million film when that was a big deal back then. It's an absolute classic, but there were three things to me that I thought were incredibly unrealistic. But what was the most unrealistic? So was it that someone stole a living dolphin from the stadium? Was it that Ace Ventura caught a bullet with his teeth? Or was it the idea that you would actually be the holder on a field goal attempt? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, – it's all three of those, actually. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and everything about that movie is unrealistic. So it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. I love it. <laughs> but, so uh, but I want to say that that's probably the best work I ever did. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. So we all know that there, there, there's no defense of a perfect throw. Yeah. But – which, which defender would have the best shot at stopping you? As far as a corner? Corner, probably. Yeah. Corner. Man. I mean, there were some guys, I real, real dudes I've played against over the years. And Dion was really good. Really good. Mike Haynes. Mm. Mike Haynes. Uh, that group, Lester, Mike Haynes. Um, Albert Lewis. Oh, wow. Rod Woodson. Oh, yeah. Like those cats. Like all those cats. They had a little bit of a chance. Yeah, no, we, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, 
we got our guys. Yeah, I know that's we got right. our dudes. You got your dudes. <laughs> right. I, I feel pretty good about our guys, so I'm going to throw on you. I'm not. It's not like I'm not going to throw on you, but those those cats are real, real deal. No doubt. All right, final question here. This is a mystery that all Dolphins have wanted solved for quite some time. Oh, geez. Did the director of that commercial just get under your skin, or was it really a flub? Which one? Oh, uh, send it in. <laughs> it might have been a flub, but it was. <laughs> we were doing those commercials all day, like yeah. it was all day, and it was in Orlando, you know, quarterback club, and right. all the guys are there. We're going from one spot to the other. It was the last one, and it was a young kid. And I'll be honest, yeah, I, I mean, I, if if he's watching somehow, I'm sorry. I was just, I was just over all of it. And uh, so it was, it was no f***ing club. <laughs> <laughs> that is the two-minute drill. Yeah. Dan Marino finds himself in the end zone again. I'm sure you wanted me to say that. <laughs> Just make sure you bleep it out. Everybody <laughs> wanted you to say that. Danny, this was great. This was worth the five-year wait to get yeah, you in the fish tank. Come on, man. I've been there before that. <laughs> Just like Drew said, thanks for diving into the fish tank presented by iHeartRadio. Be sure to follow us on whatever streaming platform you're using, and don't be afraid to rate the show or leave us a comment. We love your feedback. And remember, you can find us as well as Drive Time with Travis Wingfield and all of our international partners on MiamiDolphins.com.